0: Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 62 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday, except for this last week when it was uh, Friday. You can find all of our episodes and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda.
1: Hello.
0: Hello, anticlimactic. So, I know.
1: I'm glad that they can't see this video, could you imagine? <laughs> it's like, I'm just a robe and
0: a yeah, so, she, oh, cool. she definitely got ready for the show. She got gussied up.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, as you were, sir.
0: Yes, as you were. Um, so, how have you been? What have you been doing? You said you've been playing a lot. What have you been playing?
1: I've been playing tons. I've been playing so much that I actually need to like review our chat because I tried to like make a note of everything that I was playing. So basically, I decided I was gonna go through my catalog of games that I downloaded with Games with Gold, right? Um, and you know, give them the ten minute test. If in ten minutes they couldn't interest me, then I was gonna delete them because I just I don't I don't see the point of having them on my hard drive if I'm not gonna enjoy playing them.
0: This seems so, like a very good segue into our main topic, but proceed.
1: Uh, well, we try, we try. Uh, so the first thing is, is I played, or this one I actually got in the post. I got State of Decay Two, which I really like. State of Decay One, and I know that I've mentioned it several times because it's it's a challenging game. I've never successfully completed it. I've usually like you know, lost all of the survivors or lost all the ones with good stats and it became like an uphill battle. But I enjoyed playing it. However, State of Decay 2 is exactly the same as State of Decay 1. In fact, the graphics look bloody identical. Except they add in this other plague element, which I feel made the game tedious. Uh. And um, after... I lost one of my survivors, one of the first survivors that you get. I lost him in one of the plague outbreaks where you have to kill the plague heart, um, which is just a random thing that happens in the map. So it's not even like a big deal. Everyone in the house became depressed. Okay. Um, that resources were difficult to procure. I felt like it was less clear Base in what order? So I made the mistake of getting water first before I made a generator or a workshop, and those two things were actually more important than providing people water, believe it or not. Um, that so
0: that doesn't make science sense.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Also, you um, you'll interact with other people, and in order to get them to join your group, you have to like do a mission for them, and I just found it like all a bit contrived. It. There was nothing new on what the old one had. The graphics were no different and I just really didn't have a good time. Like, I imagine some people might enjoy playing the game if they've never played the first one because then it would be new and but sequels are rarely better than the first and this one's no exception. So that's it. Uh, the next thing that I played that failed the 10-minute test is a game called Runbow. So it's, like, a um, side-scrolling puzzler, and you have to, like, navigate through, like, trenches and caves and jump over things, this sort of game. However, whenever, like, every uh, two seconds, the background color of the game changes, and all of the the... Uh, pylons or steps or bricks or whatever that were that color disappear.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. it
1: changes back, they come back. So you ha- it's a, like timing, also like patience and whatever. I think it's something that you would probably enjoy, but this sort of game for me, it just is like, what is the point? But the graphics <laughs> on it were quite cool. They're kind of like cartoony, like like yeah. comic booky, y um, And yeah, it looked good, but after after completing this mission, I can do eight hours of this.
2: Yeah,
1: but It's not for me. Um, then the next game that passed the 10-minute test was uh, Rise, Son of Rome. Now, a lot of people have criticized it because of the combat and the way that the combat works. And my general impression is, is that, yes, there are lots of quick time events. Yes, that is annoying if you do it as they intended to, which is you wait for the enemy to flash the color of the button that you're supposed to push, and then you push that button. However, I re- realized after about an hour into the game that the only times that that really, really matters um, is if you're fighting, or is, is if you, like, need health or... You want extra XP or whatever. If you are just interested in the story and you're on easy, you can actually just consistently mash X, and at least seventy percent of the time, you will successfully do one or two legendary strikes. So, because uh, it it is either X or Y, and it tends to be X more often than Y. So, if you uh, execute the if you start the execution. Execution, and then you just mash X, just keep mashing it. Then it'll do the executions at its first available opportunity. You might get the the thing wrong, but it doesn't stop the execution. It just grades it from a you know centurion, or sorry, legendary, or legionnaire all the way down to like recruit. And you'll get recruit more often than whatever. But it doesn't affect the performance and advancement of the game. And once I figured that out it was a million times more enjoyable because then you were actually watching the execution itself, not watching for the QuickTime event.
2: Yeah, so okay. you could
1: enjoy the animations and everything. The story, the motion capture is insane. And it was obviously a graphical demo, but the, the facial expressions and stuff um, on the Emperor's Son is unbelievable you get to interact with boudica you get to interact with like other legionnaires and generals and stuff like that it was just generally a very cool game and the um coliseum fight is one of the coolest things that i have seen in gaming for a while it and in, ter- in terms of like you could just imagine what it would have been actually like to be in an arena fighting for your life surrounded by that many people in that sort of chaos. So Rise, Son of Rome, it's got some problems but if you don't play the game properly it's actually <laughs> more fun. If you just smash X during the executions, yeah, you do need to learn how to parry and do the shield breaks and stuff. But once you get used to it, you kind of can see what's happening and, and recognize the like bit of timing. The executions are the most tedious part if you actually try to do it properly. And ninety-nine times out of ten, except in very specific boss and in-game related scenarios, you don't have to do them correctly. So, that's what I would say: is, is play it and just mash X on all the normal bad guys, and you'll have more fun. Um, and <laughs> oh, and you can also, if you have a connect, you can say like "archers, cover me" and like whatever. Uh, this is fun. I'm sorry. It's bloody fun. Like My husband was like, what are you screaming at? I was like, watch, the archers are going to shoot. And he was like, oh, I guess they are. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, okay, so then, the next game that I played after that was, um, Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is the second game in the franchise, but it's a prequel. And, Uh, it was, it was really good. I think my favorite part about the game was playing Dungeons and Dragons twice with, uh, the NPCs over the course of the game. It was just really funny. I quite enjoyed it. I like Dungeons and Dragons. I don't get much of a chance to play these days because, you know, adults have lives and they can't sit there for eight hours. Right. But, um, it was really cute. It was enjoyable. I think my criticism of it is, is, is that compared to the first one, um, where it was very clear that every time you had the option to use your power, you should do it. In this one, it was less clear. Like I felt like a lot of times, um, her special power is to like backtalk people until they just give up or do or acquiesce. I felt like sometimes back-talking, even though it was like, you're supposed to use your power or whatever. I was like, but I don't want to back-talk this person. They're not wrong. Like, I agree right. with them as a parental figure, and you are a garbage, rebellious teenager sometimes. Like, I get why they're mad. Like, back-talking isn't going to make this better. I think that kind of, for me, ruined some of the momentum of the game because you, you can't really play the characters how you would want to play them a lot of the times like things that you're like please don't do that like please don't spit in this guy's face and (laughs) you don't have the option to avoid that happening they just do it anyway as part of the cutscene, and you're like damn it like why such a strappy teenager like i get this what this game is about but christ it's exhausting like the world is not against you so i had some feelings about that (laughs) But it's an interesting game. If you enjoyed the first one, you'd probably enjoy the second one. Although I felt like when I looked at my statistics, the way I had done it was actually quote unquote correct because only 4% of people got the ending that I got. Right. And the ending that I got seemed like a very good ending. Ah, So I, I imagine that um, a lot of people would have made the other choice and I could see why, but I kind of, at that point, I had just decided that this character was going to do what she thought was best, not what other people were telling her to do, right. and I think that a lot of people were like, well, if they say, don't do this, then you shouldn't do it. And that was the that was playing to like, you as the person and not you, the character. That's my opinion. I don't know what the other side of the game would have brought, um, but you know, when I played it, it's so all only 4% got that ending and it seemed like a very good ending to me. I was like, what? <laughs> okay.
2: Right. Um, right.
1: So, uh, the last thing that I played is there is a new running app called zombies run. It is a game for you to get exercise. So like use at the gym or whatever. And it is a multi episodic, um, running zombie adventure story game. So when you start it, like let's say you're on the elliptical or whatever, um, you can either run out in the real world and use GPS or you can use the step counter and run indoors in the gym. I run indoors in the gym. So as long as you're holding your phone or have it strapped to your body in some way that the step counter is going, the game will progress. I find that each one of the missions are approximately 30 minutes and it's about, let's say two minutes of the story itself. So, you know, you crash land in this zombie apocalypse and you find a neighboring town and they recruit you as one of their runners going to get like medical supplies and all sorts. And you have like adventures along that way. So far, I'm only three episodes in. Um, but, but what, it is is that i have no problems with motivation to go to the gym like i go regularly that's not a problem but i have problems with like boredom while i'm there like nothing that i do except for shop online that seems i mean but that's like a costly way to occupy yourself but even (laughs) if i'm playing hearthstone or whatever there's still a point where i'm just like oh i could be playing this on my couch like why am i here so right. the good part about this game is is that you cannot play it when you're sitting still. You have to be moving. Right. So I want to get to the end of the episode so we 5 minutes away or whatever. I give it the extra 5 minutes which normally I wouldn't do. Now, they have a chase mode which if you turn it on in the middle of it, it will like scream at you that zombies are coming and you have to increase the pace. Otherwise, you will get captured by the zombies and lose some of the supplies that you've collected and stuff. Um, I don't have that mode on because that would stress. But it is is an option that you can play with it. And then when you are back at home, you can actually create a base within the game using the supplies that you collected during your run. Um, And on average, each one of the episodes is about a five-kilometer experience. So... It's quite cool. It's free on Android, but you have to pay on iPhone. And I recommend it for anybody that likes to do a bit of cardio but gets bored because I, I get bored. And you don't have to look at your screen, which I think is nice. It's all like – it's like an audio book. That's
0: interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I'll i keep that in mind because that's probably – in terms of cardio, that's my biggest issue. I, I just get bored I'm sitting there or running on a treadmill or whatever it is. And that would potentially give you at least something to motivate you. Zombies are motivating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, it wasn't scary or anything, but I found it was fun. And um, looking at the stuff that you've collected later, like batteries and whatever, and building your base, it's interesting. I mean, if you don't have an iPhone, I would say get it because it's free. Why not?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: If you have an iPhone, seven, it's about seven bucks. So maybe consider, like, using, like, downloading a free trial or watching um, some of the demo videos before you download it, just in case it's not free, you know.
0: Well, you have been playing a lot of games. Well, for me, I've really only been playing the one uh, when I've had time. I've been playing Octopath Traveler. I finally got a chance to, to dive into it and, you know, everything that people have heard about it and... and uh, Everything that's been said, I think, is accurate in terms of it is a throwback to the old school uh, Japanese RPGs of old. Um, the old school. It's it's like playing. It's like how I remember Final Fantasy being uh, the original Final Fantasy, and which <laughs> for some people that, especially those that don't like that type of RPG, that would be oh my god, you know, why would you want to play something like that? But. This me exact you I was <laughs> without saying you yeah exactly, um, but I think that because the story is good because the graphics are different um, it, it's like I said it's how I remember those games but it's definitely not how they look so you have like this retro style graphical you know uh, graphical sense or graphical style and with that. Uh, you have a you're able to do or, or there you get you got to get more creative with the story you can't just use the graphics to tell your story you can't use the graphics to be the selling point so you do have to have a story and in this particular game you have like I said last week eight different characters that you start out with and the premise is is you 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 can play the first chapter of each character and see how their paths eventually cross together or, or come together um, I, I was listening to other podcasts and reading about other people that have started and a lot of people start with this character. I think her name is Primrose and Primrose is the one that, you know, works in the brothel. We, we, discuss,
1: the dancer. Yeah, yeah, the dancer.
0: Well, I didn't start with her. I started with Oberic, which is, um, a warrior style or warrior type character class, uh, who's kind of lost his kingdom. Uh, he was one of the main, uh, he was basically the king's guard and ends up become getting betrayed and uh, ends up working in a in a in a just a small village as security, basically working for the watch, the city watch and and uh, training up their you know their citizens to be warriors, which you know they're a bunch of farmers. and so he understands this and he's very humble, but he also feels like he has no place anymore because of who he was. and his whole purpose in life was to protect the king. Um, and so you, I played his, his chapter. And when you finish his chapter, um, it prompts you to start another one of the characters. Uh, so it says, you know, play any of the others to see where they you know, where their characters go. And so I didn't, of course, cause I'm a rebel and I went ahead and continued to play. I do it. I won't. I and I went ahead and <laughs> played, uh, played on and I went to the next town a town that I had heard in discussion or in, you know, in the conversation with one of the characters that um, you could go to. And I had heard another character was in that town. And so when I get there, I meet up with this character. And it prompts you again, would you like to start this character's first chapter? And so I was like, okay, well, second time. And, you know, they're already here. I didn't have to go to the menu or anything. I just went ahead and started their chapter. And so I started Tessa, I believe is her name. And Tessa is a basically a shop girl. So she she's uh, she works for her parents in the shop in local shop in town, and sells goods to the you know to the villagers. Um, I don't know much else about her her story other than I have a feeling <laughs> that's not going to go well. You know I don't well because it doesn't it gives you like a one sentence blurb as to what their background Such is.
1: Such build up. For yeah. so, you were like so. I met this girl Tessa. Listen, she works at a shop with her parents. I don't know anything else.
0: I don't know anything else. Keep you posted. You'll know as soon as I know. You'll know. Um,
1: I looked at the graphical style of it and the fact that it's turn-based, and I was like, "Oh, I can't." You said it was really good, but I can't do it. I can't. No, nope.
0: no. Nope. See, and this is the thing, and I, I and I respect that. Um, and I, but I think what I really enjoyed about it it is turn-based, it is all of those things. It reminds me of kind of what I what I enjoyed about those games. Now there are games like this that I that i can't get into and i and i can't explain maybe as i talk through it maybe i'll i'll therapy myself into exactly why i don't like some of these games and why why i do um but in in this particular instance i i i just really enjoyed I enjoyed the turn-based combat. I enjoyed getting back to a game where you could kind of grind and become really overpowered, you know, and then so now you're super OP because I've grinded on all these characters because your your battle is random-based as well. So as you're walking around picking up chests or whatever, you'll randomly encounter a, a battle, you know, the way that old RPGs used to be. So <laughs> I found myself... And Pokemon. And Pokemon, absolutely. But these, all these will kill you. Um, But you, like in Zelda, at least, if you walked into a room, you could see the enemies. And then you, if I wanted to fight them, I walk up to them. If I don't, I don't. In this game, I might be able to, like, get really close to the boss. I can see the boss, it's on my screen, but I don't want to go to the boss yet because I'm, like, one or two uh, mobs from leveling up. And so I'll just run around in a circle. Until I encounter another mob, defeat it, level up, and now I'm like two or three levels higher than the recommended level for this boss. And then I'll go in and, and uh, you know and take on the boss, smush him, and smush him. Um, but it, it, I mean, I guess it, there's there's a bit of nostalgia for it. Again, it's not for everybody. If you like the old school Japanese RPGs, it's absolutely up your alley. Um, you know, the the idea, the resource management. Uh, which is probably a, a dirty word, or dirty words for some people. The idea that when you, when you go into a boss battle, you have to have plenty of potions. You have to have plenty of, of uh, these elixirs that help your... It's basically like your uh, your magic or, or the equivalent of that for like a warrior, which is not magic, but it's, it's like a, a, a system break or whatever. You know, basically it's your super move. Uh, and you can only do so many of them I mean, you got a, you got a number of choices that you can use and every every one of them has a different cost. And so maybe the one that's most powerful costs the most. You can only use it once or twice. and you have an elixir you can take that will um, that will replenish all of your points. And so in this, uh, you know I, I found myself, that I, I really enjoyed that throwback to that system of where you, I know that I can maybe attack three times, I have to defend once, and then I have to use a potion here, so I have to waste this turn using a potion knowing that I'm not going to be able to attack the enemy. It's just a different system, because in, in like a, an active battle system like Kingdom Hearts or something that you, that we're more used to where you're, you engage an enemy, but I have to run around and actually actively dodge, you know? Um, while I'm doing that, I'm running around trying to use the menu, find a, a potion, heal yourself, or use a uh, heal so spell. So what you're
1: telling me is you don't have good enough reflexes for reflex-based combat. Is that what you're saying? I'm
0: saying that it was refreshing to go back to the old school. I'm not saying I'm not good at it. I'm just saying it was refreshing. <laughs> it was nice. I to forgot be able to... a game. Oh, okay. After
1: all that, I forgot a game. Have you heard of Surviving Mars? I have not. So, it is a... I want to uh, know how Mars-based this,
0: that, I, that whatever I was talking about reminded you of Surviving Mars. i well, Oh, I'm no,
1: about to I know, I
0: know, I'm, I'm anxious to know.
1: Okay, so it's a Mars-based colony builder that I also played that didn't pass the 10-minute test Oh, so Yeah. And it's a brand new game and people are raving about it, but it's not for me because they were like, right, you need to land this ship here. Then you need to build these buildings. And then and this is the point where I said, fuck off, is then you need to build pipes and electricity cables to connect the buildings to each other. I was like, no, no, (laughs) I just want to bash buttons and win. Not this strategy business, thinking about resource management. What if I build this huge colony and a pipe can't connect to this one? Forget it.
0: Well, delete. You're, you're, you're <laughs> delete. Oh, it makes me sad.
1: Um, well, you bloody love it.
0: I probably would. I'd be like, this game is great. I have plenty of time to worry about how I'm going to connect these pipes, and I just can't wait <laughs> to get back to this game.
1: Look at my cable management. It's so good.
0: I'm going to show it off to all, all my friends. Where are my friends? <laughs> Come back, friends. Um, so that's
1: what made me think of it. is well, turn-based nice. combat. Yeah.
0: And then, it, that, I mean, the fact that you deleted it immediately tells me exactly how you feel about this game, so... Um, I, anyway, like I said, I, I think that if you enjoy again, this is my kind of game, and anybody I think that likes the Japanese, the old school turn-based Japanese RPGs would like it. Amanda, notwithstanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Octopath Traveler, so far, Tessa's story seems riveting. She is a you know a shopkeeper. Don't know anything else. Um. So, good, good, well done, well played. Uh, on to the next segment.
1: Gaming news. Gaming news. I don't
2: have any.
0: Well, you I do. You only
1: have so.
0: I do, and, and again, <laughs> that's not to say there's not uh, there's not other gaming going on or gaming news going on, but this is something that really kind of appealed to me that I wanted to talk about. So, the Escapist uh, or the Escapist magazine, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, originally was more UK based. Uh, it was a it was kind of a mid tier website that housed a number of personalities that now have gone on to do their own thing. Um, Jim Sterling started out there. Uh, Yahtzee Croshaw, who does zero punctuation, has been there for you know ten years or whatever. Uh, he's still kind of if you go to the website and it's kind of sad. He's pretty much the only prompted link, active links on there are all of his videos for zero punctuation. So it's like whenever he comes out with something every week, that's all that's really there. Um, But it used to be, it used to house a number of really interesting kind of, it it was kind of like, to me, the indie news site for gaming news and related information. I really enjoyed it because they did a lot of, they had some just really interesting ideas they had a couple individuals who i think were more academics who would write uh you know tldr <laughs> you know basically i mean these really long articles uh you know analyzing games and you know the psychology behind it, maybe the history behind it and even though even i wouldn't even read all of the articles sometimes i found it fascinating and interesting and it kind of motivated me to want to do something like that, because I, you know, even if nobody ever read it, I found it interesting to tie Romance of Three Kingdoms to Chinese history, or, uh, you know, just how games, um, even like, which we discussed a year or so ago, uh, how games can teach you things about life, and you not even really know it. You know, you don't even really know that you learned about Norse mythology by playing Final Fantasy, uh, or learned about, Uh, ancient Japanese weapons that are historical and and have cultural influence by playing Final Fantasy. You know, you'll be like, we talk about the Masamune, which is the, and I probably butchered the name of that sword, but it is an ancient Japanese sword, and it's, it's a fictitious or maybe a historical, I mean, it has historical value. And to throw that terminology around and to know a little bit about the background, you would actually have known something about that culture. Uh, that maybe you would not have learned otherwise and so I find stuff like that kind of interesting that you can learn stuff through video games that you probably wouldn't have learned or been exposed to otherwise Uh, and so this website had a ton of stuff like that that I really I I love to I actually would go to the escapist before I went to any place else before I went to IGN or Polygon or any other place well over time Uh, And I believe it ended up changing hands. Uh, So somebody bought it. And whenever this person bought it, it really wasn't spoken of. There was this mass exodus of talent. You know, Movie Bob left. uh, Jim Sterling left to do his own thing. The only person that really stayed uh, of their big talent was Yahtzee Kroshaw.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yahtzee.
0: Yeah, so Yahtzee stayed. And continued his his uh, zero punctuation, but Jim went on and did his own thing. Movie Bob went and did his own thing, and then went with uh, geek.com. Uh, and so I still follow those guys. But one talent that she's over in the U K, and I don't know, um, I don't know what. I mean, I I know she still probably sings and writes songs and does all this stuff. But there was a there was a character or a person on there talent uh, that I. I thought was really quirky, but I loved her work and I, and I really enjoyed seeing what she did. And her name was Rebecca Mays. And Rebecca Mays, what she would do is she would write a song every week about a game. And that's mm-hmm. what she does. I mean, she just I mean, she's a singer songwriter, and that's what she does. Uh, but every week she would write uh, about a game, and I don't even know if she ever if she games uh, based on what I know about her from the limited uh, exposure I've had to YouTube videos and other things. I don't even think she really games, but she enjoyed this, you know, this opportunity and she would, she, she even put out a video on the escapist. Um, it was uh, how to write a song in one hour. And so she would walk you through the steps of how she writes a song. And she wrote this one song about mass effect 2. Um Very simple song, but, I just I just really enjoyed it. I, I, every now and then, in fact, I'll go back and I'll just try to find it on YouTube and I'll listen to it because the video, awful, terrible. It's just, I mean, it's low res. Uh, it, it's, it's something that her and, you know, in whatever limited capacity she was able to record a video she did using props that her and her friends kind of put together. But she was super talented um, in terms of like writing and uh, she plays her own instruments and does all that stuff. So it's worth checking out. It, it's it, she doesn't do anything on there anymore, but I mean she would put together a song, and the song would be very specific to whatever's happening in the game. So in Mass Effect 2, it's if you listen to the lyrics, which most people don't listen to the lyrics to anything, but if you listen to the lyrics, it is just walking through Shepard's journey in in Mass Effect 2 and the characters that are in it and kind of what overall happens in a very simplistic form. So. But anyway, I say all that. That's the background on the Escapist. Someone uh, it has now changed hands again, uh, and in recently on Twitter, I mean, there was this big blowup. Um, and I say big, it's relative, but people were getting up in arms over a comment that the new owner, or, or the mouthpiece of the new owner, uh, what they said, and basically they said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be apolitical. We're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to step away from politics and we're just going to deliver you the stuff you want. Now, that sounds benign, right? I mean, that sounds yeah. fairly straightforward. Well, of course, outrage, culture. Somebody has to be upset about that and saying, you know, well, uh, that's going to be really bland. That's going to be, or blah, blah, whatever. Um, and then I was listening to Kind of Funny in Tim Geddes, who I, I like... I like everybody at at, at kind of funny, uh, but Tim said, you know, I, they're I mean they're admittedly more progressive and left leaning on that show, and uh, he was like, well, you know, we're gonna say our politics, and you know, that's not the way that I want to be, and blah 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 blah. I guess where I was coming from on this is, I think you should be able to inject a level of your philosophy into whatever your um, whatever medium whatever website whatever uh, your your uh, you know your whatever you're trying to present whether it be a podcast whether it be an article I think you should be able to to let that kind of shine through to an extent um, but I think that you should try to keep it as neutral as possible in that I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion. I'm not trying to tell you well they shouldn't put this in gaming because this is against what I believe um, I think you can present something whether it be progressive or uh, conservative and you can present it in a way that's not inflammatory now somebody will probably get upset but I don't think that I, I don't think making things completely uh, void of any kind of influence or any kind of uh, opinion I don't know if that's as interesting you know just just reporting on something that's great uh, but me telling you this is what i like and this is why i like it not not that you should like it that way but this is why i like yeah. it you know i think i think that that's okay i don't think there's anything wrong then i think that that is interesting and i always like to know why anyway if you don't like something like if you don't like octopath traveler i'd like to know why and i understand that you like to just bang your face on your keyboard and and just you know hit <laughs> and just win baby
1: yeah so I'm just I'm just here to win (laughs) um, I feel like Jim Sterling did a recent re-release of one of his old Jimquisitions where he reviewed a video game with complete unbiased coverage he was like you see here here is a man he exists in this universe he is armed with a pistol and a Yes, I
0: remember that yeah
1: you can like and that's the reality is that you can't review anything without giving your opinion. And your opinion is always going to be based on what you believe, full stop. So right. much like my review of, uh, of Life is Strange is cultured by the fact that I'm not a teenager anymore. And sometimes when I see how they're portraying teenagers and I can look back at my own period of teenage angst which was much more limited in comparison to this girl's i i struggle to understand her because she's really extreme you know what i mean like right in all like i was not a troubled student i wasn't a difficult child you know like yes there were times where i got petulant and you know did my own thing or whatever but I was never, like, law-breaking. I didn't have a dealer. Like, you know, all, a lot of the things in the game I can't really empathize with. But I enjoyed playing it because of that. Right. Because that wasn't the life experience that I had. I mean, all the time I was growing up until much, much, much later when I was, you know, 16, 17. My parents were together. So, right. I, you know... Wouldn't know what it was like to grow up with only a mom, you know, all these sorts of things. So, but that's my own opinion, culture by my own experience. So I can see, I can see why people were like that would be hella boring, like because it would be boring. Right.
0: <laughs> they might not make a game about your life then.
1: Hmm. No one wants to make a game about my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, at least not the early years. I not didn't do anything, man. I was I was homeschooled. What trouble was I supposed to get into? Yeah,
0: that's kind of hard. They know if you made it to school or not.
1: Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, interesting. Anyway, I, I thought that was um, I thought that was interesting. I was happy to hear uh, that the Escapist maybe is going to get back to their roots of you know of actually rep- doing stuff about gaming. I mean, I know that they are still active. The website's still active. They still are publishing articles. Uh, and, and uh, I went there today for the first time in probably, I'd say years. Um, cause everything that Yahtzee does, uh, for the most part I can see on Facebook. And so I don't, I don't really go to the website anymore cause there's not content that comes out weekly that I was interested in seeing. Everybody that I was interested in seeing is no longer there. So, um, but I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear that they're actually getting back to it. Maybe that'll be something that, that I'll go back and visit again because they did put out good stuff, uh, and they had a lot of really talented people that worked there and that did content for them that now uh, are doing other things. So maybe that'll revitalize all of that. So, but you should if just for grins, sometime check out Rebecca Mays, and her show okay. is called Rebecca Mays Muses. And so she would uh, write a song about... And she even did a love song. It's called the uh, Yahtzee Love Song or something like that. A lo- love song for Yahtzee. They both wrote an episode for each other. And so she <laughs> she got onto him. I mean, it doesn't seem like much of a love song. It's more of a song like pointing out that Yahtzee is misogynistic and all these other things in his videos, which he is. But... He's not being misogynistic. He's pointing out like in The Witcher that basically there's a lot of boobs. You know. So I mean I mean he does,
1: I could have told you that. Wait, yeah. did that make me misogynistic? I don't think does.
0: so. I think it's I think it's more of a perception <coughs> of of his content in that yes, he does talk about Adult content He does talk about Well
1: I'm sorry Anybody yeah. who says They don't like boobs Is selling something Sorry
0: re, Well and if they Everybody
1: sell, likes boobs
0: If you do Everybody. or you don't You're probably selling Something So either one Yeah Yeah
1: I'm, I, Just generally They're amusing Come on it's
0: for, well, I mean, <laughs> Absolutely uh, I don't think anybody Would argue <laughs> with that um, That's the best logic That we can end the show there Thank you for joining us On the No I'm just <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, so, a uh, couple other things. One, uh, you know, the, they've started selling uh, the online. Um, even though you can't buy it through Nintendo yet, you can buy it on Amazon. The Nintendo Online Subscription, which is twenty dollars a year, not bad. Uh, if you, if you've got an online subscription to all of, (laughs) if if y'all could just see Amanda's face as she checked out from this topic.
1: Um, the second you said, you said, now I have something really exciting, Nintendo, I was like, done. Now
0: stay with me. Stay with me now. Now, Uh um, now the, the, the negative is, is when this releases in September. Now, the funny thing is if you go to buy it on Amazon, it says as a, as a disclaimer you know, will be available December 31st, 2018, this releases in September. So first of all, I'm not pre-ordering something that says that in the writing, it's going to be available in December. If it's coming out, I'll just wait, you know, I'm not going to pre-order. I don't pre-order anything anymore anyway. Um, but the, 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 the biggest downside is anything that you've been able to play online right now, whether it be tennis or Splatoon or any of these games that Amanda loves so much and dearly, you will... I'm
1: a kid now. I'm a, <laughs> a queen now. Squid now. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you were if you playing any of those games, you uh, you will no longer be able to play them, access online competition without this service, which is pretty much all of the major... Uh, gaming consoles have some sort of subscription service if you want to play online. Um, So
1: it's Xbox Live. It's basically
0: Xbox Live, only it's got built into it games already that you can access. So you will be able to access games for free with the service um, and play online. So you already get some of their throwback games, uh, which I think they're just waiting to release. There, none of these are really on their, their marketplace yet, and I think that's because they're waiting for this service. As soon as the service releases, they're going to uh, you know, let but go. But how out.
1: many games?
0: Uh, I don't know, a lot. Uh, but I think because it's built into the service, you only can download and have one at a time that's active. Again, I don't know. So like, once you have one, you play it. If you don't want that one, you download another one, and until you want to play another one, you can only play that one game. So one game at a time, which I, what that's not that big of a deal because then you just delete one, download another one, and you can play another Oh, game.
1: says the collector. Says the collector over here. It's not that big of a deal. You just delete it. You're going to exactly. cry when you I delete will. it. You I can be like...
0: Well, this is also coming from someone who's con- trying to figure out a way to get a stand-up arcade cabinet in my house that has all of these games anyway so that I can just have them to play whenever I want.
1: Your uh, wife? Is the patience of a saint.
0: She is a saint. There is no doubt about that. Uh, she also may not know about this particular plan yet. So.
1: Oh, Stacy, <laughs> shame! Do not well, bring an arcade cabinet into your house without your wife's permission. You I are will. She's gonna
2: not. Lose <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> will find know. a
1: high heel monitor screen, hundred percent.
0: I know. I know. Well, she'll know at least right before.
1: Oh um, my God. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks, for
0: Stay the dissolution. let's get in poorly. <laughs> um, and then maybe this is a topic for another time. This last news uh, story I want to talk about, but um, I really don't think it's going to take much discussion. Uh, there is there's buzz right now about Fortnite and how Fortnite is potentially ruining games. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? Like your your hot take on. Fortnite and its influence on gaming?
1: Uh, That's a big question. I think that people wanting to cash in on the popularity of Fortnite are changing existing franchises to include a battle royale because that's what's popular. I don't think Fortnite itself has a negative effect on the gaming industry. It's more people wanting to be greedy and cash in on what they see as a phenomenon. But I kind of I like the way that Fortnite is structured. I enjoy the fact that it's free to download and that you can get a battle pass and play it for as long as you play it. Um, I've, I think I'm on my third battle pass that I've purchased. Um, and so that brings the total cost of the game to like, I don't know, 23 bucks or something like that. For the amount of time that I've gotten to play it, I think it's so worth it. How many times do you play a $60 game for less time than that? Right. Um, and enjoyment or whatever. And it's like quite fresh. There's lots of replayability because every, I don't know, is it month or two whenever the Battle Pass expire? But then there's all new challenges and new in-game items and things like that. It seems more evolving over time. Whereas, when you buy a $60 game, you have to buy other DLC on top of it to have fresh content. So, I would say no. Fortnite is fine. The problem is people trying to cash in on the concept of Battle Royale and shoveling it into other games like Call of Duty and things like that, I think is stupid.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that it's, I think this is a case of individuals not understanding games and how gaming works uh thinking that that Fortnite has changed the landscape uh to the point that everybody has to kind of fall in line with what they're doing and so in my you know i don't think they're ruining games i don't think i think they've changed gaming i absolutely do i think that even though they're not the first battle royale i think that they are the one that has gotten it right and i think there are things that they are doing that no one else uh no one else has done with as in as good of faith as they have done. Um, the idea, you know, the exchange system that they have, uh, the the idea that they have, in essence, loot boxes and and, and a method to gain some of these uh, more um, cosmetic changes, cosmetic differences, cosmetic. Uh,
2: uh, upgrades,
0: upgrades. I guess, yeah, so that uh, I think all of those things are are things that they've done right um, that other games are trying to figure out and but the, the other game, the problem with the other games the other games are trying to figure out a way to make as much money as possible on these things instead of putting out a good product and then building this other stuff in there afterwards they're like, we're going to do these things, okay here's here's something that's fun here's something that people enjoy doing and then then, if you want, you can add money or throw money into it to get these other things. But you don't have to do any. you don't have to do any. It's the first one to, in my to my knowledge, where you just truly to be good at this game, you really don't have to spend one penny. You don't have yeah. to spend one penny on this game. But if you want to, you can spend as much money as you want. You know, you can spend one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars on this game, uh, easy. To get all of the, you know, to get the battle passes, but even then, you still have to play the game, and none of the things that you earn are more than cosmetic. And so, yeah. uh, you know, and then, like I said, with the good faith of being able to exchange things back that you didn't want uh, to get other things, so you can get your V bucks and you get full price for them, and so you can exchange for something else, and then adding this other mechanic of being able to exchange with other players—that's supposed to be coming up. I think is is just they they've changed the way these free to play games are. Uh, and I think that that's I think that's commendable and I think in that respect, they have changed gaming. I don't think they've ruined games. I think they're just it's another really good game that people are gonna enjoy and, and they may enjoy this game for years to come, which I'm happy for. but it's not a game for everybody. but it's also a game that you can just jump in and play if you want to and then jump back out and then go play something else so it's not like it's preventing people from jumping into a an RPG or jumping into a, you know another game that's you know a time sink <laughs> if that's what you want you know a game like the the Witcher which is a you know has a great story lots of side quests everything seems to matter you know Fortnite's not preventing people from playing that to each their own and there are games for all types of people So I don't think it's done anything but add another really great game and a formula for other people to hopefully emulate properly. Um, But other than that, I don't think it's... I think it's only good, in my opinion, right now. And I was skeptical at first. Me too. Yeah, but it's good. Fortnite's good. Well, okay. That brings us to our third segment. Our final segment, which is Talking about gaming fatigue and and you know kind of what uh, what leads you to <laughs> to quit a game or finish a game or walk away, um, which uh, you encountered a number of times uh, over the last throughout the last week. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So, to you, what is it about a game that that uh, creates a, enough fatigue that you would walk away or you know? Um, You know, how do you know when you're finished with the game?
1: Well, I would say let's remove games that I've decided that I don't like before fully getting invested. So I think fatigue means that you had to have properly given it a go um, and gotten tired of it. So. Um, not my 10 minute test Which is more about Do I like the way this game looks Do I like the game mechanics Am I finding it easy to play Am I interested in these characters If the answer to all those is no Then it gets deleted That's quite easy um, If I give a game a chance I notice that I'm getting tired of it um, And this happens with almost every game Usually before I ever get Past the halfway point, I notice that I'm starting to get tired of it. When I start skipping dialogue, um, because I've, you know, just decided that I, I can't be bothered to read it, you know, I start tabbing through the dialogue. Um, when that starts to happen, that's when I make a choice of whether or not to abandon it or not. I will right. only abandon it if. A, I feel like I'm not at least half of the way through because if it looks like it's an uphill slog from here, I'm done. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll abandon it if the characters are not interesting enough that I am even interested in watching the cutscenes anymore. So um, that will often cause me to abandon a game. And then the last one is If I feel like I'm going to abandon it, but I'm interested in seeing the cutscenes, what I'll do to make sure that I make it to the end is skip all the side quests and like stop exploring beyond the way that you're obviously supposed to go. Right. Um, that's what I ended up doing at the very end of Rise because I knew the end was coming. Like you could literally watch the progress like on the chapter screen or whatever. You know, my husband was saying next to me, he was watching the game, but I was trying to make it more like fast paced. So mm-hmm. then I started just using my god mode power every possible chance I could. I went only in the directions they showed me to go. I used the artillery fire as often as I could, and I just smashed the X button until we were done. Um, <laughs> cause I wanted to show him the cutscenes and stuff because they were some of the most interesting parts about the game.
2: Right.
1: Um, but I've just completely given up and returned games like. Destiny 2, for example, which I played, and I was enjoying the combat, and, you know, it would, like, there was nothing particularly wrong with it. I just, there was nothing to it, either. Yeah. I didn't care about the, I don't know, the, the, the guy that kind of takes you underneath his wing, or whatever. I'd forgotten most of the lore. Thank you for your help. Things. I don't care about you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So and then I just returned it, you know, sa- same thing state of decay. I didn't care about the people. I was annoyed that I had already lost one of the characters and we were fairly early in the game and then when it looked like it was going to be a tedious uphill battle then you know, we uninstalled it. <laughs> but I I put I put 4 hours into it. It's not like I didn't play it. Right, I right. you know, I gave it a proper shot. I just I couldn't see myself Sitting there, having a mediocre time for the next like thirty hours.
0: Or more, you, you know? Yeah, no, no. What no, about I, you?
2: Uh,
0: well, that's a good. I mean, it, I think it depends on the on the. Like you said, I, uh, I I usually try to give a a game a fair shake. If if I feel if I start to feel overwhelmed, like there's uh, with Far Cry, like I said, there was a it, there was a game. It, it wasn't a game breaking mechanic. But it was the idea that this world is so open, um, and it happened. It happened on uh, on Grand Theft Auto as well. The, the most recent Grand Theft Auto, where I started playing, and and I, f- I think The Sims would do this to me too. Where it seems like there are so many things to do, or it's it's almost too much like real life. Uh, I believe it was Grand Theft Auto four, maybe three. Uh, the one where you're Nico and you end up going and and like you have to pick up your cousin and you can go to the strip club or you can go bowling or you can go to a bar and he wants you to take him. It's like, man, I could do this in real life. I don't need to go take my cousin anywhere. I don't. This is not what I want to do. This is not fun, you know. And do you
1: hear that, Mrs. Stacy? He could go to a strip club in real life.
0: I could. You hear that? <laughs> by the way arcade cabinets on the way um, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: well you you're you're batting a thousand
0: right? i will i'm either batting a thousand or i've struck out twice um mm. it depends on how who who it depends on who's keeping score um <laughs> so you know but i i just i think if it's if for, and again, this is just for me. If, if I feel overwhelmed by the world and, and I don't feel like there's at least some direction, and I, and I need more than just that, more than just some direction. Yes, I could go over here and do this, or here is the path. But uh, like I, I do like, I think The Witcher is one of the games that really, um, that kind of nailed this a little bit better in the third installment anyway. Better than even, you know, than a game like Fallout. Uh, in The Witcher, it tells you where to go. There's a place to go. I can head that direction. Uh, there are also side quests, but I didn't feel like if I ventured too far off the beaten path that I would accidentally run into something that was immediately going to kill me, or that I had gotten in over my head too fast. Um, usually, I could get away from the situation where I felt like I was in over my head, and it wasn't like... Skyrim or Fallout, where you know in Skyrim you end up walking and getting smashed by a giant. I just didn't know I couldn't even. I'm not supposed to be here right now. Um, or in in Fallout, where eventually you walk out of the vault and the same thing. Uh, I remember in Fallout Three, one of the first places that you can go is the shopping center, and you walk over to the shopping center. And again, this is this should have told me not to buy Fallout Four, even though it's a great game. <laughs> But this this part in Fallout Three should have told me. You you get out of the vault and you walk over, and, and one of the first closest places is this shopping center, and you can go in there, and that's your first place where you can get any of your supplies. You can get food, you can get stuff like that. Outside of it, there's one monster. Inside of it, there's tons of monsters, and then as soon as you walk out, then you're just confronted by more. And it was like uh, the the it wasn't it wasn't so much the difficulty ramped up. It was just like I wasn't ready for all this. Uh, and and from there, you know, I, I just didn't know where to go. I wasn't supposed to be there first, I guess, uh, or there was something else Mommy, I was supposed to do. My
2: post-apocalyptic <laughs> world is too hard.
0: And I need, I said, I needed, I needed, I needed help and direction. Uh, and and uh, it's
1: not a nice place. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I just, it's
0: just, they're mean. Those those I mutants know. are no, mean. I these, these uh, mutant cockroaches will kill you um, and yeah. so anyway yeah, but and like I said it's a great game it's just like I, did not, I didn't have the time to invest in what I needed to do to get to that point whereas in the, some of these turn based ones where I can take a second and in just the way that my life is um, I can breathe and I can go ahead and, and do other things or whatever I need to, to put it down for a week come back And not feel like I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, I can kind of jump right back into it and it's slow enough that I can pick it up. And again, that's because that's the lifestyle that I have and that's what I'm able to do. Um, And so in in those instances, that's one of the... I don't know if that's gaming fatigue as much as that's... It's almost like it's too big and that's what would get me to quit a game. Um, In terms of gaming fatigue, though... I'm just like you. If I'm getting to a point where it's not interesting, I'm skipping the dialogue. I'm I'm not really I'm not engaged, and like you said, I'm not going to spend 30 hours having a mediocre time. Uh, I want to look forward to going back into the world. You know, I and it's it's I know it takes extra effort on the game to and the designers to put something together. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff like this in MMOs where I don't even know what the story is because I'm just skipping, you know, in, in Warcraft for years. I would just skip the dialogue, go kill the ten things they want you to, collect whatever it is, come back, turn it in, get the next quest, then they tell you to go someplace else and you go do that. And you're not really getting the lore, you're not getting the story. And so they've tried to do a good job of adding voiceover actors, you know, adding um, cutscenes so that it seems more like a game. Um, it's it's actually what really disappointed me and, and they actually uh, the, the developers of Star Wars The Old Republic came out and started talking about this they said our biggest regret on this game is trying to make it as much of a World of Warcraft clone as we made that they made it too similar to World of Warcraft instead of taking more of the ideas from uh, from Knights of the Old Republic. So right. if they hit, you know, they there were elements of that, but only really early in the game. Once you get to like level fifty, which is the end of the main story, well, then it goes into more of a, a Warcraft expansion. You know, uh, the world, you know, now that nobody's really playing the game, it doesn't seem that lived in. Uh, when I logged in, it was exclusively political banter in chat and i mean like american <laughs> politics i was like oh my god this is awful it's like baron's chat from 2008 it's just terrible um Yikes. yeah and so i was very i was discouraged but i was happy to i, mean, I was glad to see that at least they are acknowledging yeah i wish we would have done this because that's what everybody wanted to begin with because that type of game the great story and the and having feeling like your your choice is had impact kept me engaged and i think that for many people that is the case uh, you know if, if or or some sort of mechanic that's fun you know and and usually it's if for like for even for you i would say in in fortnite you do enjoy playing with other people and if that's the case well that's one of the mechanics that brings you back if you like playing with other people or if you can play with your brother or if you can play with you know, that's one of the, the, the biggest draws to a game like that. I mean, I know that's why my son plays as much as he does. He's met a lot of people online that he continues to play with, and, and that's something I think he looks forward to going back to. So um, I think that, to me, again, in, to kind of wrap that that idea up is what what fatigues me about games are is lazy writing, mechanics that aren't engaging and, and, and to be more specific like re- repetitive mechanics that don't feel like they really influence the game they don't feel they feel like it's more busy work they feel like it's something that I have to do like logging in to like a separate job and I think like yeah. that yeah that's that's what causes me to fatigue about a game and and uh, and if and if the storys uninteresting or the mechanics aren't fun then because I'm not a completionist. I, you know, I have to really, really, really enjoy a game to even get close to completing a game.
1: See, that's funny because I have to really, really, really hate a game to not complete it.
0: See? like yeah. I think that's Once I start
1: something. But that's why I don't give games like the same fair shake that you do. Because I right. know once I've invested this many hours, it's going to be really hard for me to stop. And, right. you know, call a spade a spade if I'm not having a good time.
0: Right. Right. Well, and see, like, if I don't enjoy it, like, I may finish a game, If I like, if, it, if I'm kind of enjoying it, just depending, uh, but not, actually, I don't even think I'll do that anymore. I have to really, really love a game to complete it, or finish it, to finish it, but I have to love, love a game to complete it, meaning, like, on Mass Effect 2, I got pretty much everything you could get. I mined yeah. all the planets, I, I did everything you could do to get your ship ready, you know? And so uh, I, I all but completed that game, and that's probably the closest to completing a game I've ever gotten. But I finished many games that I liked. You know, Pyre is one of those games that I come back to every now and then that has a oh, lot of man. replay, has some replay value, but I'd probably never go back and play it again. You know, not I, I wouldn't play the story. I like the story that I got. I like the direction it went. I don't have to play that one again, or actually complete it by going back and getting all the endings or anything like that. I like this, the way that mine ended, and I would be fine with that and just leave leave it at that.
1: Oh yeah, so, I very rarely go back and try to get other endings. Like I like yeah. to be authentic to the choices that I made.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. It's like whatever in almost human or in Detroit, become human. I. You know, I, I I know that there were some decisions I could have made that would have changed the outcome, and I could have gotten the best ending. But I don't want to go back and change it. Very small part of that's because I'm lazy, but the rest of it is because I just don't. I don't you know, like you said. I don't think that it's authentic to my experience and what I wanted to do in the game. I mean, I, I made the choices I made, and I'm you know I I, I appreciate and. and I appreciate that, and I like the ending that I got. I'm fine with that. Uh, if I didn't, I'd just go watch it on YouTube at this point. So, but anyway, so final thoughts, closing thoughts on uh, gaming fatigue or loss of interest. Is there anything you know the take home of you know what what causes that fatigue for you, and, and uh, or or uh, you know what what gets you to stop a game or to know that you're done with it? Well, I think you
1: know if. If you're not that involved in the story, if you're skipping dialogue and if you're not investigating all the glowies, you know, then you're really like, what is the point of continuing on? Like we all only have so much time. Um, And this is why I rent games as opposed to buy them. Usually is I want the option to be able to abandon something. That's not fun. Um, And I think people should be more ruthless. I think there'd be less bad games out there if people, Um, voted with their wallet and only fully purchased games that they knew they were gonna love and enjoy. Like, I, I purchased Life is Strange before the storm because I knew before I even played it, I was gonna enjoy it. Um, so that, that's my final thought is, is don't be afraid to abandon it if you're not having fun. Games are about fun.
0: They are about fun. And if it's not fun, probably not gonna complete it. And there are games for everyone. So, you know, maybe maybe uh, Octopath Traveler's not for you,
1: uh, it but, it is not.
0: but it should be.
1: Nope. Nope. But
0: it should be. No, no. Absolutely should be. Definitely play it. And that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. Go ahead and play it. Subliminal. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TempleOfGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion, read, reach out uh, with any of your questions, sound off in the comments, or email us at retrorebel at tabletbeak.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate, it, rate us because that really helps our show. And if I can get this out, maybe I haven't had enough coffee. Well, until the next time.
2: See you later.